Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHKs I'm known, and technically speaking, we only watched one thing this week, and that is Halston on Netflix. It is a biography of the fashion designer Halston. It is executive produced by Ryan Murphy, and Ewan McGregor stars as Halston. While we only assigned ourselves the first episode, Matt and I ended up watching the entire series. Jackie only watched episode one, so spoiler alert for the entire series, but there's a lot of the discussion you can sort of get value from if you've only seen episode one. And then also this is going to be very random sounding to start, but a spoiler alert for the M. Night Shyamalan film, The Village, and that will come into play later in our discussion. And then be sure to stay tuned after as there are a couple of follow-up points. And without further ado, here's We're Watching What? All right, well, last week we talked about unlikable characters, and I feel like that is perfectly personified in Halston, which was on Netflix, which Matt, you and I watched all of it. Yes. And Jackie has watched the first episode. I thought we were only watching one. You guys need to tell me when you finish things. Well, Sorry. I probably... But you didn't you have probably time that. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> said, yeah. yeah. You had a real life. I did not. No, I, mean, I, I knew we were only talking about one. I just watched the whole thing. Yeah, that's true. I was just like, all right, might as well. Tis a Ryan Murphy production. Jackie, do you think you will be continuing to watch it? Mm, maybe. Okay. I don't have a strong yes, I guess. Mm. But the problem is, is like I was trying to remember what happened in the episode before we started recording. And it's another one where I'm pretty blurred on a lot of it. <laughs> so I guess it didn't make much of an impression in the first episode. Yeah. It had me. Did anyone see Down With Love? No, yes. and I wanted yes, I to, or maybe I did. Is that it was the a, one? The one was like Pillow Talk, but it's newer. I don't think I've seen Pillow Talk, but you might be right. It's the one with Ewan McGregor and Renee Zellweger, and Sarah yeah. Paulson was in it. I guess. Yeah, it's a, like a. Yeah, it's like yeah, I've seen. That. Oh my God, Peyton Reed directed it. Totally forgot, but it just reminds me of like Ewan McGregor trying to do that very American accent, even though he's. <laughs> From, like, Kansas or something. And I was just like, oh, Ewan, no. <laughs> no. And then I'm just thinking, all I could think in my head, I was like, when Obi-Wan comes out, what, is this going to be, like, the idea that's stuck in my head of him? Is he going to be able to, <laughs> can he still play Obi-Wan? Like, what's this happening here? Yeah. <laughs> could he ever yeah. play Obi-Wan, though? This, I, mean, um, I, I don't hate his. He is not for me as Obi-Wan. I like him. He is not for me as Obi-Wan. Really? I mean. Yeah. Okay, I guess it's... I love how everything is always Star Wars with us. I know. Of all the people in the prequels, he was the character who I was like, you are the most tolerable to me of the, like, interpretations of them. Yeah, I take Natalie, Queen Amidala. I don't like yeah, Padme I all love... that much, but Queen Amidala all Queen Amidala, yeah, okay, I agree with that, but... I yeah. liked Padme in the first one, okay, but the second and the third, you might as well it's tell just, me. It's I, rough I, what I would they argue do. she's the best, but... There's some character assassination that happens to Padme yeah. in later movies, but Queen Amidala is my favorite, obviously. Yeah, and he's underused, but I would say Liam Neeson is Qui-Gon Jinn, like, all day. Oh, but, like, it's hard when you're, I guess when you're looking at a character who we had to see an, a, a younger version of that we yeah. know so well. I think Obi, I think that Ewan McGregor was a good choice on paper. I think the way he played, it's some of the writing as well, too, but he's he just annoys me. And I don't know if it's his voice or what it is, but, like, like my favorite, or my least favorite ever, is, like, I think it's the second one. It's Blast, this is why I hate flying. Like, things like that. He's just, like, all these random little, like, okay, like Will Smith is saying. Okay, the writing. Like, you can't. No, it, it is. But, like, his delivery, too, like, is, like, is like fingers on a chalkboard to me. Like, I'm just, like, I don't okay. know. So I'm not a big fan of him as Obi-Wan. I'm hopeful for him in the show. And especially that Deborah Chow's behind. And I think Star Wars has been so elevated since then. 
that I think I have hope for him and he's going to be playing a much hopefully like calmer, not going to be having like quippy little remarks with Anakin anymore type of type of version of Obi-Wan. So I think right. I do. I feel like they suffered because I didn't feel like the chemistry between Hayden and him was very good. Yeah. And obviously the script was terrible. So, you know. Yeah. So I think he suffered from that. And for some reason, I found him completely unattractive as Obi-Wan. So that factors for me. I guess I was not. I don't like that his blonde hair matches his skin almost exactly. I could just. I guess I just never like sexualized Obi-Wan. So I it wasn't expecting like the attraction. But, but now I'm thinking back and I'm like, oh, my God, has he actually been good in anything? Moulin Rouge. Uh, no, that's a, a firm disagree. I hate that movie in general. I know. I know. <gasps> We're going to have, we, we have oh, plenty of no. things we disagree about. Know, this is our last podcast together. Yes. But, uh, it's been so great. Interestingly, it was wonderful. I'll see you um, never. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. But either way, I think, and I would argue, I guess I would say, you know, I think we've talked about, not that we had to open a whole can of worms, but that, of course, episode one would be my favorite of the prequels. And I, Okay, I this is our last podcast ever. Like, we've, yeah. <laughs> I know it's an unpopular listen- opinion. But I would say in episode one, he did not annoy me as much. It's when he becomes the master and it has Anakin below him. And, and Jackie could be totally right. Their chemistry sucks for me. But and Hayden's, you know, Hayden. But it's like all of the smart ass kind of remarks that he's given and stuff, the way he delivers them and stuff. It, he doesn't even feel like Obi-Wan Kenobi to me anymore. Like, I just don't like him as Obi-Wan. It's, it's hard. I guess for me, it's like I hate hate so much. The island. I love the island. See, I didn't see the island. Classic. It, was, it just wasn't Scarlett Johansson, Michael yeah. Bay. <laughs> was like, I I'm, I'm actually shocked it. that you were like Michael Bay. I know. No, I don't I love liked Michael. It it's literally the only like Michael Bay movie I like. And I won't say that I've seen it fairly. I probably have not seen it for 10 years. So I'm probably remembering it in a way that maybe is not true. But yeah, you probably should I, not just and like let it <laughs> let it. Yeah, preserve. just let it live in my memory as something that was yeah, good. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I, I remember well when it came out. But then when I watched it like a year later, like I remember I got it on Blu-ray or something or HDVD at the time. And I was like, this isn't, I don't, I don't like this. But Aww. it was entertaining when I saw it when it came out. But I, I can't remember his performance enough to be like, oh, I thought he was great. I yeah, but it was a cheesy performance where he's like just cheesy the whole time. Which Yeah, I guess like I train spotting well. for me is his standout performance. Because what yeah, it might be it, because it was like unintelligible. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and be right back. And we're back. I guess to bring it back to this, Ewan is one of those actors where no matter what, I liked him as Roman Sionis fine, like Birds of Prey, and I liked him okay and like The Impossible, but he always is just Ewan. Like, and that's fine. He's just, that's his, yeah. that's his style of acting, but I, he does never, he never disappears from me. He was fine as Dan, Danny Torrance in Dr. Sleep as well, but he just, it still is just, oh, there's Ewan McGregor. Yeah. yeah. I'll me. give you that. And so it's hard. I don't really, and I, I tend to be more drawn to the different kinds of actors who do disappear a little bit more. So that's not even a dig at him. But I agree that in this, I, his voice, I was like, Jesus Christ. But I looked up, I, I'm not really, admittedly, I'm not very familiar with Halston as a person. I didn't know anything so this about, was all, yeah. This was all news to me. And I don't know, of course, there's creative liberties taken, I'm sure. But this was all kind of new information for me. And so I did look at a couple interviews of his just randomly to see how he talks. And I see what Ewan was going for, but he wasn't nailing. Yes, he wasn't like he wasn't like I see why he had that kind of he he honestly sounded like he like watched Jackie and was trying to talk like Natalie Portman does as Jackie O a little bit while also which in my opinion she nails that 
while also like incorporating some like Andy Warholisms and things like that to where he was yeah. just like, let me just put this together and be like a flamboyant Jackie O. And it it was not working for me. However, I don't know Halston as a person. And so it, randomly, it did not detract from me actually enjoying the series. Like I actually liked it. Oh. I wouldn't go to bat and say it's amazing, but I, I got through the whole thing in one sitting and I only kept watching it because I liked it. So I, I don't know. I just kept watching it because I like didn't have anything else to watch at the time. I was like, all right, this is fine. And I just... I, again, going back to talking, we've talked about unlikable characters. At the at the end of it, I walked away being like, you're kind of an asshole. Oh. I mean, not even kind of. You were an asshole. And I think part of it for me is I- well, He's an asshole in the first episode. Right. Mm-hmm. I am not familiar with the brand Halston or the impact or, yeah. I My mother, I was talking- It's to mentioned in it. Devil Wears Prada, so- Is it? Sure. My mom, like, knew, you know, she likes fashion stuff, and she was like, oh, yeah, yeah Halston. I was like, okay, well, this cl- this clearly has meaning to at least another generation. I could see Ryan Murphy also loves, like, nostalgia-type stuff. He's clearly living out his dreams of making shows about all, like, his fantasy eras, so fine, do your thing. Uh, but please stop doing your thing. Uh, or do something new, because it's getting tired. But but yeah, so I think the lack of sort of cultural impact for me was, to, and and then the lack of like super elevated performance, it just made it meh. And because I was like, you were a, a, a jerk, and you didn't seem to really push fashion that much forward, as far as I can tell, from the scope of what the show told me. Yeah, what's interesting is I, I think I appreciated that it was only five episodes, and that kept me going because I was like, okay, the story knows that it, maybe it could have been less. I don't know, but I think it could be less, but but it didn't need to be twelve. And so many shows might have just been 12, because why, why not? And I liked that it going in seemingly knew what it was. And I was like, okay, cool. So it's easy for me to continue watching it. I was enjoying it enough. I was enjoying side characters. I really, really enjoyed the, the actress who played Liza. I thought she did a really good job. When she first started out that first number in the first episode, I wasn't sure. Yeah. But by the time she's doing that number in the second episode, I was like, oh, because oh, I, like I, I, I was like, I don't know about the first one, because she was fine, but it wasn't. By the end of that first one, she still got me. Like, I was like, okay, that was pretty good. But it was still kind of like, okay, it's this jury's out maybe, but I thought she did pretty good. It's hard to, Liza's so, Liza. Well, that's the thing is I just assumed Liza's two, two Liza's who have anyone ever, you know. Yeah. I thought by, by later on, I I thought that I felt overall, I I really do think that she did the best that a human can do with, with the the Liza. Yeah. (laughs) With not being Liza. So I really did like her in it, but. There was enough that kept me invested as far as story goes. And I, I tend to be a sucker for fashion-based shows, it, mm-hmm. it seems, or like movies and things like that. Like, I'm I'm the last person who knows anything about it. But I, I find the world of fashion very interesting. And I, I guess I get really easily drawn to it. I enjoyed it. But I love a fashion I could totally, Yeah. And I, but I could totally see negative reviews. And I wouldn't go fight to the death about them or anything like that. The problem with me was there was nothing... I don't think there was anything wrong with it. Like if I had not been busy and wanted, you know, just had an afternoon, I probably would have watched the whole thing because it was interesting enough and he was multifaceted enough of a character. I mean, he's an asshole, but he did like, you know, want the one guy to get clean and he wanted to create a a safe space for creatives like himself, you know, and hire people with him and all that stuff, which I think are all admirable things, right? See, I... I felt like that was all selfish, though. He like he wanted the guy to get clean. Which, uh, by the way, the guy being Joel Schumacher, the character Joel Schumacher, who is actually Joel Schumacher, which is like Wild. so funny to me. Yeah, I was. I mean, it was selfish because he's like, "What is? What are people going to think of me if I have a junkie on staff or yeah. whatever it is?" But you know, yeah, he's pretty selfish. 
Yeah. Yeah, he was he was a pretty self-centered character, but Yeah, I yeah, there's nothing I mean, more of it's coming back to me. I liked his black boyfriend. Mhm. But, but I feel that, like, you know, yeah, I, this is partially just probably how the actual story of their lives went, but you know, that character gets relegated a little bit and fades a little bit away. And I to go back to Liza for a moment, I think part of it for me is I just just so in my brain, it's the uh, Lucille 2 arrested development version of yeah, Liza that is Liza Minnelli. And so having this young, you know, person play their best attempt at it was not enough for me. Yes, yeah. See, and, I'm a and big... as a, like Liza's such a big like such big shoes to fill, right? Like it's totally. she's so specific that biggest shoes ever. I'm a big cabaret fan, and so I think of when I think of Liza, I think cabaret. And I think it's once her once like Jackie, I don't think you have seen this in the first episode, but once she gets her hair cut, because he kind of gives her a little bit of a makeover more, and her hair was that more Liza hair, it was just kind of like, oh, okay, like I get it. Okay, <laughs> like I see it more, and then the performance was good enough to like, okay, now this is all here. Whereas that first performance, she had different hair than I'm used to seeing Liza. And we kind of covered the, the the time period when Cabaret happened, because then they mm-hmm. reference her Oscar and stuff at one point too. And it's like, okay, she looks like the Liza that I'm familiar with, but I, I'm totally with you on the Lucille too thing, because it's like, Arrested Development has taken over so much space in my brain as as a, a thing about <laughs> going through life every day and quoting it every day and all this different, yeah. you know, it's just that it's like, it's it's hard to not think of that <laughs> also. Yeah, I just for sure. I don't know. I'm I'm I need Ryan Murphy to stop or take. Yeah, a break. I was gonna to comment on that. I, I have I have thoughts because my journey with Ryan Murphy is so interesting. Just because I I did not like Glee, you couldn't pay me to watch it. I tried and it's just I can't do it. Loved American Horror Story at first. Loved the first three seasons. I still love them. I go back and rewatch them. Like I love those those shows. And I was like, okay, yeah, he's really great. He was getting good, like, character performances and, like, drawing these performances out of people that I didn't even know were that good and, all, you know, all this stuff. And then lately, it's like ever since he signed this deal with Netflix, it feels like it's just so churned out and it's hit or miss. But this isn't necessarily a criticism as much an observation. Depending on how you look at it, you can think, oh, that's bad or it's good. I don't know. But he has such a style. And lately, it do, do you find that when you're watching his movies or shows, that it kind of just feels like people just dressing up in the era that he wants to portray. And it feels all kind of like, a, it's like a fantasized fake version of that era. Yes. Where like, it feels like a costume party. Yes. In a weird way to me. Like it doesn't, I'm not transported believing the time that it, that it takes place. And that goes for Hollywood. I did not like Hollywood. And I thought Hollywood felt hokey and weird like that. And that way it did not feel like authentic to me. Well, something about it, it feels same. like, and it's funny you say that because I do think he was able to get really good performances out of people before, but then I feel like the characters he's writing lately are caricatures of -hmm. people instead of the full faceted deep people that we used to see. Yeah. They're not created characters. They're like, right. They're just like, like it would have been, I guess probably more like it would have been better if Halston actually did care about this one thing, you know, like Mm -hmm. the one person doing drugs and then it's like a caricature when he's like what are people going to think when I'm a you know got one or you know a junkie around it's like yeah. do people say that to each other because like I mean maybe but I mean and even if they do that can't be like the only type of thing they say to other people right like you just it becomes you have to have a very right because the thing is is like if you treat everyone exactly the same that's boring and uninteresting yeah I, I feel like 
Ryan Murphy is someone who is basically like, for lack of a better friend, like playing with dolls, right? He's like, oh my God, I have these dolls. And by that, I mean actors who I can dress up and I can build these beautiful dream homes and I can do this. Oh yeah, story? Like, yeah, we'll figure it out. You know, I'm just like, nobody can see this because it's a podcast, but I'm making the gesture of like playing with like two Barbie dolls or something like that, like having them talk to each other. And I'm not saying like there needs to be more gay stories, but he just wants to tell, I don't know, it feels like the same gay story recently. Well, and even if it's not about that always it's very you know there's an agenda there and it's fine you know Mm -hmm. it's fine to have an agenda but it does feel like when we're talking about it's style over substance it sounds like and it's like okay well as long as we have this kind of like fabulousness and then we have some gay sex and then we have some pretty people and some nudity and stuff it's like the story will come second yeah Yeah. just let's just put that all together and I, that was part of why I, I really, really did not like Hollywood. Like, that was probably my least favorite thing of his that I've watched, that I watched the whole thing of and was like, I did not like that. What was the other And then, you know. Election? Is that what it was called? Oh, oh the. Um, God. Uh, the one about the, the kid running. Uh, I, I watched that also. Husband. The politician. The politician. Yeah. With yeah, Gwyneth I watched Paltrow. that also. And, yeah, and I was like, eh, whatever. But it's the same you know, thing what, where it was style over substance, though. Like it was. Yeah, no, oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we talked about prom. We talked about, you know, and, and also, I don't I don't know if either of you watched Ratchet. Probably not, but it. Not uh, for me. Yeah. Same kind of. Started out in a way that I liked it, and then it, to me, it all kind of went off a cliff. But very style and very like the sets are pretty, and the lighting concept's always this way and that way, and the costumes are pretty, but it feels like going to an immersive experience where you walk in and you're just dressed as the part. It just didn't ever feel real to me. And I don't know if that's his goal or not, but it just translates that way for me. I think because this was so fashion focused and things like it didn't, and I don't know anything about these people It, it uh, besides Liza, I guess it felt, it worked better for me. Like it lent itself better to that style for me than, than everything. So. Yeah. I mean, I think one exception for me in terms of his recent stories is Pose. But I also think that's because there are a lot of other voices heavily involved in it because, you know, they're bringing like the person of color point of view to it, like the trans point of view to it. He actually brought in other people to give input into the creative vision, but it's still a lot of very pretty people, you know. Yeah. But but to go to Jackie's point earlier about we need gay representation, but I also think we need different types of gay representation. We need more realistic. And, well, not only that, but just like yeah. Ryan Murphy has become one dimensional version of fantasy gay representation in right. Hollywood. Like this is literally the one gay person he wants to show, which maybe that is him, and I'm glad to see that he gets to place in movies. You know, a fabulous gay man. Yeah, I think, no, I think you're right. I think he's, it's Halston is, he sees himself in Halston. He probably sees himself in the politician. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I just wish that we got more, I don't know. Yeah, a little more variety, a little more variety on it. And I think, I think also when it comes to his stuff and we're talking about his earlier stuff versus now, I think that because he's got so much stuff going on that I don't think he's quite as heavy handedly involved in the meaningful ways. It's all just superficial, like ways where. He's an executive producer on this. There's also, I looked up, I think there were like 20-something producers on this show. Oh, my God. It was wild. And I was like, I, he, you know, he's he's top-billed producer on it. And I'm sure he had a lot of input on things. But at the same time, I just don't feel like he possibly can be giving the, the level of dedication that I think he was giving something like Glee or something like American Horror Story in the early days. I don't think it's possible he could be doing that with so many like balls up in the air. So yeah, agreed. But then my question becomes, who is? Because his branding still feels like it's on it. And so people are still, like, he clearly is holding some sort of power over it because yeah. it still feels like his interference almost as opposed to being like, I'm going to lend my clout to this show. 
I'm going to let you do your thing and, you know, I'm going to help you get it made. Well, I think instead he's of- trying to build an empire, right? Or he wants his stamp on everything. So maybe he has standards. So maybe he's not even super involved in everything, but has a very specific, like, set of things that are approved and not approved. Well, and he's probably yeah. very involved more in the pre-production stages, I think, you know, mm-hmm. and he's, when they're deciding on the, the concepts and the just... And so the he's story's not locked like in the nitty then, gritty of the actual yeah. script day to day, like what it's going on. I'm sure he has to he has to give his notes on the, all the cuts, things like that. But he's playing a very high level executive producer role that's not as much like down and dirty, kind of like let me get this done. But like we're talking about, they all have a very similar vibe. It becomes a cookie cutter thing. Mm-hmm. If you tell me right now that Tim Burton's going to hire me to create a new movie and it needs to fill Tim Burton, I know how to make it fill Tim Burton. I've seen enough Tim Burton movies. I can make a movie that you'll think is Tim Burton and he can put his name on it, you know, like as an executive producer. And I think that's kind of what we're experiencing here. Yeah. It's funny. I was looking up the the people who, the other folks credited and like the credited writer for all of them is a guy named Ian Brennan. And he is a writer producer known for Glee, Scream Queens and Cooties. So he's clearly in the sort of Ryan Murphy stable of people. And Mm -hmm. then the director is someone named Daniel Minahan. And he has directed at least an episode of Ratchet, at least one of the episodes of Hollywood and yep. American Crime Story, which I think was Ryan Murphy. Yep. I mean, that was another one. I loved both of those seasons full on like the assassination of Gianni Versace is one of my favorite seasons of television I've ever seen in my entire life. He's done things that I've just like, oh my God. And I loved Feud with Betty and Joan. I love that. Like there are mm-hmm. things that I just think are like home runs. And then either, when it's a miss, it's just kind of lackluster, you know? And this was one of the first that was in the middle for me. This director also worked on Game of Thrones. Oh, which <laughs> final you know. season? <laughs> uh, yeah, which no, season? No, That's actually, really actually, he directed one of my one of the really good episodes, Bella Doris, which is like an earlier one. It was a good one. Okay, okay. What, oh, no, wait for him. Wait, no, maybe it was a bad one. But he also did like a Golden Crown, which was a really early season. But to be fair, because I actually I, I know some people who actually have edited on Ryan Murphy's stuff and things like that too. To be fair, I think for the most part. The production value and I think the quality of a lot of the edits and different things like that, I think are spectacular. Like, I think he does enlist a lot of really amazing talent to do these things. It's just, I think we're lacking in an overall cool. script and, and story on a lot of these where it's like, maybe this isn't a full show. Maybe you should have a movie or maybe, you know, if you, if you must tell the story. You know how you can tell when someone's really passionate about a project in the outcome? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like these are just like things that they... Fl- you know, wrote down in a list somewhere like, oh, we should make this. And then they needed to make content and they did it and they did it well with good production value, good whatever, but it's lacking the soul of someone who's obsessed with the project. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's style over substance is what it's becoming more and more is it's just these yeah. like very fancy, totally. beautiful it, things that don't have meaning. But it almost speaks more to the quality of the technical, the staff that's behind the scenes, mm-hmm. sometimes shooting and editing, especially like, this show, was there a ton of substance in it? No. Did I watch all of it and like pay pretty much attention to the whole thing? I did. And that to me tells me that it was at least for a show that didn't have a lot of substance as far as story goes, it was, and, and a performance I didn't love, to be honest, I think Ewan McGregor was miscast completely in this. It must be put together well in a way that like it kept me compelled, compelled to keep going, you know, and that's a really big testament to like try to go in there and edit an episode of something with with not a lot of substance in it and try to make it entertaining. And pacing, mm-hmm. yeah, cuz mm-hmm. pacing's difficult, you know. 
And I will say, like, we talked about Tyler Perry last week in terms of, you know, granting opportunities and stuff like that. I have to give Ryan Murphy credit because he has the half initiative, which is trying to make TV more inclusive for women and minorities. And, you know, it's like directing opportunities and all that stuff. So while he is churning out these, he's churning out an army of people who know how to make like a Ryan Murphy show at least, but that's an opportunity. That's a name on there that, you know, is going to open doors at least to start. His only obligation as an artist is to make the art that he wants to make. So it's like he's doing that. And for him to do that, like what you just mentioned, that's great because it's like, okay, you might like his art. You might not like it. You might think it's contrived, all these different things. But it's like, yeah, the opportunity thing is amazing. So at least he's trying to do things that are bettering uh, the industry in those ways. And yeah, I, I agree. I give him full credit for that. That's amazing. Yeah. I think my last thought on it is like, it makes me worry and wonder. We have this. We, we've had this conversation before, but did things really start to slip? I mean, I think they already started to slip. But like, once he moved off, uh, well, I guess like once he signed his first FX deal and once he signed his Netflix deal and switched to Netflix, you know, where he just he knows he's secure in these things. There's no need to sort of shop yourself around. I feel like there's a lot of like complacency that happens, and I, it makes me really yeah. worried for like streaming originals. Well, I think in general, though, a lot of the time you know, even authors I really love, once they get to a seventh successful book, all of a sudden no one has an editor, you know? Right. And the books are meandering and long and weird, even though this someone that I truly enjoyed for a very long time, no longer enjoy because no one stands up to them anymore because they've Mm -hmm. been, they've had such a long successful track record that everyone just sort of is like, cool. And they stop listening. Yeah. Or you start getting like a page count or word mm-hmm. count that you have to yeah. kind of fulfill. And I think with this, it's kind of similar with like, I think Shonda Rhimes also signed a deal, right? Where we're still kind of waiting for some of that stuff to come out. Well, I mean, but Bridgerton knocked it out of the park in terms oh, of, there you like, go. I'm right. sure they were happy right. as hell about. Right. But I just mean like, you know, a similar kind of deal where it starts to become probably we need X amount of content from you over these next three years or over this, whatever, where it's like, not just, oh, you can do whatever you want. It's like, no, we need a certain amount of things from you. And yeah. so then you start having to like dig deep and like, okay, well, I guess I just need a bunch of ideas that it's not as much of a passion project anymore, probably when you're not fighting to get this thing made, right? When it's right. just like, okay, I have to think of something new to get made now because it's part of my contract. It, yeah, exactly. it cheapens it. And I think that we do, we are seeing that. And again, this was, this was not a miss for me in the way that I was entertained by it, but I wouldn't go, again, I wouldn't go fight for it. I wouldn't rank it on my top five favorite Ryan Murphy things I've ever seen, <laughs> you know, like, so it's definitely fits more into this more modern take on his stuff that i'm not loving you know it just popped into my brain in terms of the like the the quantity like oh you need we need this many things is like that way back in the day the original pixar disney deal where they're like 10 movies you owe us 10 movies and they're like "Uh, cars yeah (laughs) cars are quick but we were talking about how like this is so funny it relates how earlier like children love that movie kids love cars i know they are like my niece is obsessed with it and it, I'm not saying it's a bad movie in any way, shape, or form, but it's not one of my favorite Pixar films. No. 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 But, uh, you yeah. know, I can, I think it's safe for me to say, like, uh, at least for Cars 2, like, super fun to work on, apparently. Like, just really easy, yeah. fun, good show to work on. You know, yeah. people people really enjoyed it. So Well, and to be fair, that industry, I think, kind of functions in the way where you have to be churning out a certain amount of films every X amount of years. And so yeah. even that being said, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of passionate people that do a lot of really amazing things and they have a lot more hits than misses, I believe. But it is still that kind of like we have to fill a quota. 
interestingly. You know, where yeah. I mean, every studio, I guess you could say, is kind of like that. They have a certain amount of films they want to, but it's also like, oh, we need to greenlight a certain amount of films, but they're still accepting pitches and scripts and things like that. So they can still try to get the good content. Yeah. I mean, that was like, that was also back in the day where they're like, oh, do we want to keep in this? And then Disney was like, screw it, billions of dollars, we'll buy you. You don't get a choice anymore. More cars, movies. Yeah. And I guess the other, the only other, other thing that comes to mind is like, number of appearances for superheroes in movies where it's like you're contractually obligated to show up five times as Iron Man and trying to negotiate like the lowest common denominator of like you will get one line from me in this film. I will never forget that like when Sebastian Stan signed his contract for playing Bucky, he signed the biggest contract that any of them had signed. It was for a nine picture deal. And I remember thinking, oh, he's going to be, I thought at the time, oh, he'll become Captain America at some point because I'm like, how in the world? And it's funny because not this is a whole aside, but it's like for a character who appeared in that many movies, it still took an entire television well. show to, <laughs> yeah. to have us get to know him. They just didn't use him well, like enough to like really. Well, that's what was funny because I remember us talking about it and being like, wow, nine pictures. He definitely becomes Captain America. And then he was just cameos in basically all of them until we got this series clearly. But and it, well, it's, it's funny because I'm like, I wonder if he. I don't think in his scenario that was the case. I actually think this was probably like the first wave of them that was more like, like I will do this and it will fulfill the obligation. Like Chris Evans, you know, I'll be, I'll be that Spider-Man cameo. Right. And that's going to check the box because I'm sick of this and I want out. Because I, you know, not realizing what they signed up for in the beginning because it was like, nobody thought it was going to be a 10 year, like. (laughs) They were dedicating their entire careers to this role, which, you know, they did sort of. Yeah, or like Robert Downey Jr., who clearly had a great old time doing it, because he he. he I, I think mean, he you can take it either way, it. right? Like you yeah. can decide, like, hey, this is amazing that I'm Captain America, and maybe I'll get to do something else. But that's it. They all got smart too, and they yeah. started negotiating where they wouldn't sign on multiple. When he signed nine, I was like, buddy, you just signed yourself up to get that same paycheck <laughs> for yeah a really it's long a really time. long time. <laughs> Emma Watson note how she was like every single movie. And the problem is, is he signed it before they got even where they are today, right? So, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his, his deal. I mean, to be clear, I signed the deal. I would sign it today. But oh, yeah. I just, I, but I just, but I, you know, it's like from an actor's standpoint, it's very interesting because you think about you want to have a variety of things that you do. And it's like, you really do get stuck kind of like, well, well I don't and know, Chris Evans is if, actually you know? like a shy human being, I guess. And so yeah. he hates the PR cons and the PR yeah. And, like, he likes being Captain America, but the rest of it he doesn't like at all, which is fair. Yeah, I'm sure if it was just, like, show up to set, do this, he'd, he'd, we'd have a lot more Captain America. It's, but, did anyone yeah. watch The Last Dance? It was the Michael Jordan documentary, or the Chicago Bulls. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And it was, like, Scotty Pippen pulled a Bucky, basically, or a Sebastian Stan, and he signed, like, he was such a, it was so dumb. It was so dumb. But he was just like, I just needed the security. and I So he signs, mm-hmm. like, a multi, you know, made no money comparatively yeah but i was just like oh it's gotta know oh that was actually back to halston that was the biggest takeaway for me slight spoiler but oh yeah i guess yeah sorry slight spoiler jackie but this is no worries you know no you know he signs away the rights to his name do not do that yeah and i was just like this was the that was like the one takeaway from the whole series for me like read your damn contracts (laughs) well this is happening i don't well i don't know how into you're probably not into this but the bridal industry but basically there's a um, dress designer, uh, Haley Page, who is extremely popular. Um, she was on Say Yes to the Dress a lot. They featured a lot of her dresses, blah, 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 whatever. When she was young and first starting out, she signed away her name. 
And so she actually, yeah. And so she's been battling right now to be able to design it all because anyway, she tried to get more money because she's so successful, right? With the company she works for, they decided they didn't care. And so they sued her for using her own name. And now all of her personal accounts, like on Instagram or anything like that, that had her name belong to them. <gasps> and can be used for them. And so she had to no. hand over her million follower Instagram account that she had built from the ground up and created this like culture around. I mean, they're still in court battles right now. So it's not like there's no hope that she'll be able to do anything. But she actually signed away her right to design it all. And so she can't even just pick another name and design right now. What? As someone who's in the fashion industry, maybe this is why it's good Halston got made. Because like yeah. as someone who... I I just can't imagine doing that, being so That's desperate. That's the thing is, yeah. It, yeah. I don't want to be judgmental, but like just yeah, straight yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, out. What were you thinking? Like, why would you? Yeah, I would you know, be curious guess, as to the know. circumstances that led it's that. It's like you do her. want to know because the problem now is, you know, on her, I follow the secondary account that she created that doesn't have her name on it. So she could, you know, she talks about what's happening. And yeah. it's interesting because... Like, why did you need that? And no, they don't ever talk about, like, they're just like, oh, I was young and an idiot. And I was like, okay, but I want to know, like, who in the room was, like, thinking, like, making you think that your name wasn't, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm curious. I don't know. Did she start independently and then they, like, hired her? Because I could see it being like, oh, somebody who, especially in, like, this day and age, it's like, oops, um, you know, you have an Instagram following or whatever and people know you and then you, you know, some bigger no, She was like, like a nobody ah, yes. when she signed with them. So she wanted more out of it because... So her name wasn't worth anything, essentially. And she was just like, sure, here you go? Yeah, I don't know. Yes, I'm not That's really... It's okay. just weird because, like, like, obviously in Halston, as far as the way the show explains it, he didn't quite understand. I don't think that he was signing away his name. Like, as he makes yeah. a comment, like, I guess next time I'll read the read the fine print. And so I, I could see a world where maybe uh, something like that happens. She like, does shady make it sound like she didn't realize that she wouldn't be yeah, able to design that, that, without that her really name, that, that her personal accounts would count towards this. Like, she yeah. seems like she was shocked that this is, like, the outcome of it was literally that you know, yeah. I mean, she can't even use her own name. Like this brand I've you been know? building will belong to you essentially. But like the fact that she can't even identify as herself and, and you know. Like she couldn't go on, I guess like some TV appearance she was going to make got canceled because they didn't know, they couldn't call her anything. Oh my God. Wow. Because right now, I mean, they're bad, like, yeah, you lot. know. Yeah. It feels mildly predatory of the company that's like. Well, it's a hundred percent predatory. I mean, the thing is she's making them lots of money and they've decided to like be assholes instead of just giving her more you know what i mean like i i don't know all the details obviously she's not sharing the details of any of the contracts or anything like that so for all i know she's holding out for more than she should but it seems unlikely that she would give up her name for something you know for unreasonable requests but i don't know i I mean sorry but also like it's it's one of those things where i'm like this is why she signed the thing if you are ever in a situation where you're going to be signing a contract that is like for yourself, you know, you yeah. need you need a lawyer or an attorney to like like a friend, anyone that can like well, review this for you and like red flag things for you because it is. It will be worth the whatever you know. It'll be worth the money to just get a a, a real person, person to, to look, look at, at it. This, you know, like but not just like a friend train. or family. Like look for someone who knows. I just mean a friend if you've got a friend who's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. If I you know, know people who are attorneys, yeah. so I would just call right. them up and be like, hey, can you read this? But yeah. Well, I, I agree. I fully agree. 
one of my things though, like I assume you two both signed these when you started like employment agreements at your very, any company you've started at. And if you read the fine print, a lot of those have like imagery releases, right? Where you're basically signing away your, if you are in photos for something, whatever, like you're signing it away for in perpetuity Mm -hmm. throughout the universe is like how it's phrased. And I'm just like, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I, I don't think I've ever done this. I probably should do this, but ask like, I don't, what if I don't want to sign this part of it? Like, would yeah. they rescind my employment offer because I won't be in your exactly. promo materials? Like, That's the thing is I've actually, because I have so many friends who are attorneys, I have had them review those things for me, like those, you know, that I've had to sign just so I know. Like, I'll read them. And I, I worked in a legal department of the you know, reality TV industry for long enough to where I can actually understand a lot of it because I yeah. had to deal with the contract so much. But I still like, hey, read this and just tell me, like, what am I like, you know? And so I kind of go into it at least knowing. And I've never bumped on anything because it's been like, okay, whatever. Okay, cool. And it's some things are like, really? But I'm like, okay, you know. Yeah. But I don't know what would happen if you bumped on it and like, you know, I, I don't know. I wonder if they would go back and like, oh, yeah, we can we can get rid of that for you. I don't know. Yeah, I would. Uh-huh. I'm curious. I should, you know, next time I start a new one job. But I'll... when it's like you're going to something like this, where you're like starting a contract, right? It's, it's, you it's as a totally brand, different scenarios. It's like you yeah. need to have legal representation. If you don't, you need to pay. You just have to maybe get she it. thought maybe she was just a yeah. Maybe dress. she was misguided. I mean, who maybe knows? Maybe she who honestly knows? was just like a dress designer for them, but she wasn't. She didn't have her own line yet. But then she kind of grew with the company and thought that it, you know, would always be beneficial. And then, then it, you know, isn't. Maybe she couldn't afford it in the beginning. Well, and who knows, like, what her situation was. Because, like, again, equating it back to this Halston thing, it's like he had his parent company that was suggesting business things for him. And then I, and it kind of seemed like for him in the show, at least, he'd just, fine, I'll do this, I'll do that, whatever, begrudgingly kind of, and then just sign the paper and do it, not thinking about what it meant. So, like, depending on who she she might have had bad bad business advice like who knows like saying oh yeah. this will be worth it this will be great in the end it's like from someone she thought she trusted it's like who knows Just, yeah. it's very very unfortunate that it exists my favorite one of my favorite parts in Halston my, my favorite lines is like when he rekindles with the one friend and he talks about this like kind of giving his name away and he was like it was the worst mistake I ever made whatever and the guy was like yeah but that was like a, a billion dollar you know, a billion dollar mistake, like a deal, like whatever you got that much money for it. And he was like, yeah, but you know how I know it wasn't worth it is that I would pay double that to get it back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I actually really like that line. I was like, yeah, uh, that, was, that was a moment of like, that scene was, a, there were some moments like that in the show where you could see in his cracks a little bit and you're kind of like, oh, you need a hug, but like, you don't deserve <laughs> it. But like, you need a hug. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so I liked those moments. Yeah. I don't know. It was an odd one. Yeah. And I, again, I think maybe, I, I, may, I, I know I wasn't the target audience for it because like it didn't give me enough crumbs of like, here's actually why this was relevant or important or whatever. And it, I think it like glossed over a lot of his backstory or like assumed that, you know, we would relate to, a, understand inherently, right? Like, okay, gay kid growing up in like, you know, rural America, like, of course we, we assume all these things go forth. His dad know? left. We saw that, but it was like so very quickly, like here's a little tiny flashback. Well, even in, even in the first episode, I do remember like his relationship with his mother, right? Like you see her crying and he like brings her a hat. Yeah. And he's like, like he doesn't okay. understand how to relate to people. It's like, it's like okay, it's a hat. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm, this is one of those ones where I'm agnostic, where I'm just like, if you, if you, you might like it if you were already interested in it, but if you were like yeah. on the fence, I'm not going to be like, yes, watch Halston. I would recommend it to a, to a certain person 
you know, a certain a certain type of person that I think would really like it because I think that it's good enough to watch. But I would not. I'm not going to go post about it and be like, oh my god, watch Halston. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I'm still vaguely undecided if I'm going to keep going. So I guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll find out. Well, sorry, keep for us the spoilers updated. if you do. Well, I mean, it's based on a real person, so it's kind of hard to. Yeah, that's the. Oh wait, can I talk? Oh, do it. I really want to talk it. about the ending a little bit. Plugged because plugged. of that statement. Oh, no. Go ahead. Oh. Jackie, do you care? Yeah, go ahead. I mean, whatever. Okay, so because, again, going back to the expectation that as an audience, we will know certain things or understand certain things based on, like, societal cues. Because I was like, all right, well, Halston is not alive today, as far as I can tell. I didn't Google it while watching it. But the second I saw, there's a moment where one of his partners is in a clinic. I was like, well, I know how he dies. But then it wasn't that, which I thought was interesting. What? What? He, yes, it was. No, he what? got liver cancer. He he didn't have HIV. He says it. Like, he's like, I'm not. I don't have that. And he had liver cancer. No, at one point he says like, I'm gonna tell everyone it's liver cancer, so they don't think it's. Did HIV. he? So I totally missed that. So he really yeah. does have HIV. Jesus Christ! I yeah. literally thought he had liver. I must have missed right when he said he was gonna lie about it. But I thought he no. He cancer. said he said like. Oh okay. Like tell everyone. Like he's like I need to call my PR person and let them know that. We should, we'll tell everyone it's liver cancer because you get the spots. Yeah, I'm an idiot. I must have totally missed that. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking it up now, but it, it helps test no. positive for HIV. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he, he dies of AIDS. He dies of AIDS. Yeah. But, you know, the second I see somebody in a clinic from yeah, a you know. era, I'm just like, well, yeah. that's happening. And when she was like, you need to get a list of all the people, all of your lovers. And he's like, lady, how much, like, how much paper do you have? He's like, I have fucked. He's like, I have fucked everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like his, his boyfriend. Yeah, and the sex stuff was wild. And I will say, a part of me, I don't think I would ever get in, but like, I also love the really shitty movie that was made in the late 90s. Part of me like really wishes I could have been around to go to Club Studio 54. <laughs> like, oh, I just want to, yeah. I just want to know, like, I want to be in there and just kind of see what that was really like. So I enjoyed the scenes that were in Studio 54. And then that, yeah, that bad movie with Deb Campbell and Ryan Bleepin, you know, Mike Myers, stuff like that, and Selma. I enjoy the movie enough, but it's like, again, I just like the idea of the allure of Club you know, Studio 54. Yeah. And so that was enjoyable. But yeah, it, the sex that was happening just like randomly, I was just like, okay, like just right in the middle of the... Like, right in the middle of the floor. It just, yeah, I was like, was it really I, like that? I bet but, it was. Uh, that's so funny that it, that I... This is like the first time that I watched The Village, I didn't realize that she was blind. <laughs> yeah. Jackie told me. And then I watched it again. And then I, <laughs> then like, I know. I know. What is your issue? Sometimes I just like randomly, I'm like an idiot. And I just like miss a complete... I mean, it's it's like a one-off line, but I, I they got you. You know, his plan, his PR him, plan got you. Yeah, I remember him saying, I don't have that, whatever. So he must have, it must have been when he was saying, I'm going to say I don't have that, but I just read it. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, no, he says, he explicitly <laughs> says, like, let's lie and say it's liver cancer. Uh, well, honestly, but, but, if you look down at the wrong time and read something on your phone without paying attention, you can miss important. Yeah, yeah. That's Not the fair. village. And, I mean, that was a whole. It's a pretty big <laughs> plot no point. I haven't even seen was really the no, yeah. There was no excuse for it. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, there's. um, I mean, I think he even. Doesn't even William Hurt even say, like, you're blind, but you see so much or something. I mean, there's <laughs> literally, like, it's. There isn't. A, and Matt's like, but, oh, that's so deep. What a thought. What a thought. <laughs> but, but to anyone out there who has not watched The Village and ever thinks about doing it, I will say, I think it's a testament to also Bryce Dallas Howard's acting. Okay. Because. It's one of those first ones I've seen where, like, she actually acts like a real blind person acts in that film, where you're walking around and, like, 
you don't always like like people just think they play it so like oh like and the eyeballs don't move around and they're stiff and this and that it's kind of like how charlie cox plays matt murdoch where it's like i believe to my core that he's a blind man in that because it's like when you've actually met a blind person like yeah their eyes do move and they actually emote and they do all these different things but people in yeah it's not as so often caricature was not, as most of them yeah are. she was not like in your face yeah. about it I, this is not an excuse there's no reason i shouldn't have gotten it but i just mean she just like i was just her so immersed in her character apparently not enough immersed to know she was blind but like it just like transcended you know i don't know i'm, a, I'm in love with the movie now but yeah anyway <laughs> She's blind, but he's so wise. So, so wise. <laughs> just imagine being like, mm, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, on those wise words, thank you both. Yes, thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you, as per usual, to Jackie and Matt. And now our follow-up points. So Jackie brought up the film Pillow Talk. Technically, Down With Love, which also stars Ewan McGregor, is not exactly Pillow Talk, but it's based on and inspired by, and some even said it was a parody of that sort of Rock Hudson Doris Day era film. And then as for the Haley Page drama, which is the wedding dress designer that Jackie brought up, as far as I could tell, this is just another case of not reading your contract, which again, spoilers, is what happens in Halston. And she signed away her name. And then she was sort of, she built up her Instagram following and then was profiting from it and was putting posts on that the company who she was working for wasn't happy about. And then she was doing sponsored posts by other people and basically read contracts. It doesn't matter if you have a lawyer available or no, just at least read them and then start Googling things. Obviously, that does make you a lawyer, but understand what you are signing away when you sign things. We cannot stress this enough. I feel like if there's anything you take away from Halston, it should be that. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.